I spy with my little eyes. Yes. Something beginning with F. What? Fuck boys doing up next. Fuck boys. Talking real, real. With the last ones left. The last. I spy with my little eyes. Yes. Something beginning with F. What? Fuck boys doing up next. Fuck boys. Talking real, real. With the last ones left. The last. Suck your mother pop. Male Reasoning Podcast. I'm here with the host, Carrie. How you doing? Doing well. It's been 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 a while. Yes, it has. But good to be back. It's always good to be back, especially when we're able to record. Life's kind of picked up. People taking flights, moving. It's been a lot going on. Let's catch the moving. Past past couple of weeks, just settling into a new house. Um, decided to after. Not a whole lot of back and forth, but we, we decided to get into a bigger space, get a yard for baby girl to run around in and a basement for the ad hoc kind of kind of life bullcrap. But it's been been interesting, been been a good transition, lovely neighborhood. People are super friendly, kind of kind of almost. Uncom- uncomfortable friendly yeah but, when when you start seeing the highs and it's so nice to meet you a little too much it becomes a little weird yeah. so i get it like when we when we came to view the house people were like hey welcome to the neighborhood yeah, yeah, yeah. i was like we're just looking right yeah but it's been it's been good loving loving the new space i got got me a bigger office which is good for nice. some, of my, some of my future plans for that space and that's yeah that's always good man it's always good to grow grow the office grow the space so that's really good to hear for me i been working man been flying i haven't even been home most of the time so it's been really crazy for me traveling to texas in the south a lot so it's been a lot going on man it's kind of good and bad it's i think traveling helps with perspective because you do get that downtime to really just reflect but it's also it also sucks to be away from home for so long yeah it does but you know gotta bring home the bacon so what can you do true 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 so why why to move houses besides just the biggest space and stuff like that was it better school district and all that type of stuff as well or um ultimately yes but that wasn't necessarily an issue for for us just based on plans for Corey with, okay. with her schooling uh, where where we were planning on sending her to school it wouldn't matter where we lived okay that's good yeah so and with with the flexibility that we have it's not like oh she has to be on this bus route it would be more or less me bringing her to school every day anyway, so wouldn't be an issue. But where we were was like we were pretty close to everything, pretty central. Right. But it was a town home. Um didn't really have your own yard space, it's all common area. And we were right on a main road. Oh no, I can't do that. So it's like, okay, you can go out and play in the backyard, but we can't put up a fence. So I have to be there with you, watching you. And they're kids. You know, kids are going to just run wherever they want to run. Right. Yeah, being right on the side of a main road doesn't really seem smart to do that. So she never did that. We never went outside, really, unless we're just kind of chilling on the back patio. She never really played in that area. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that that was one. 
And then we we don't get too many here, but every once in a while there's a tornado uh, warning out something happening pretty close. Oh no, bro! Are you crazy? You need to move again, bro. Tornadoes. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you we from don't Jamaica, have- bro? You don't know about no tornadoes? What are you talking about? Yeah, that's why we need a baby. It's like in in a town home. It's like shit. The where's the safest place? The the bathroom on the first floor or my office? It's like wow, all that shit's going if a tornado hits this thing. Yeah. So like those those kind of thoughts. It's more or less like more for safety. Okay. Um, Mm, we had enough space there in terms of living space. So that was not an issue for us to move. But then we were like, well, let's see what's out there. Started looking around and found this place. We literally looked at four homes, put in offers on two. One got rejected, which I think it's my fault. And then this one got accepted. So congrats, man. Big moves, stepping up in life, you know, making big things happen, man. I love it. Yeah, trying to. Although, I will say, let me not say that, because to be honest, we've been blessed and we've come a far way. Let's say that. From the humble, humble beginnings of, you know, the the nice dirt roads of Jamaica to, you know, where we are now. Who would have thought? Oh, yeah. But it's it's been, been good. Don't don't plan on moving again. Okay. Well, let me not say that. I don't necessarily plan on moving houses here again. I would certainly move, but it probably out of the country or just somewhere somewhere or back home, in fact, at some point. Uh, I don't know about the back home right now, buddy. They need to calm down with the crime rate a little bit. Yeah, you know the funny thing is, it doesn't bother me that much. I, I think it's always been this wild. It's just that we're seeing and hearing more of it now. True, to an extent, because we have technology. Yeah, everybody recording yeah. everything, so the little stuff we happen yeah, in the community where nobody would know about, everybody know about. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah here no. Yeah. But on like I, when I go back home, it's like it's home. I don't think about the crime. I don't think about all that stuff. Naturally, I'm True. not going anywhere where I'm putting myself in danger or surrounding myself with the wrong type of people, although you don't know these days. Everyone's associated or adjacent. But Yeah, but so let me ask you, you don't have nobody back home where you and them have no kind of beef or nothing like that? Because you know, say these people nowadays don't value life. So any little beef, yeah, so, they were willing to take your life feet, you know, no matter how small. This is this is my answer to that question. Mm. I have beef with nobody. All right. Do people if have people beef with have, you? If people have beef with me, I don't know. What, what, well, if you don't know, you know, just be safe when you don't, dear. You know. Yeah, like I'm I'm the type of person that I blend in any environment. So if my mashaman can, I didn't do it intentionally, and I'm going to apologize. But to be honest with you, I don't know of me having bad blood with anybody. Well, that is good. You know, always got to be pure and clean with your intentions. So. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that, that that doesn't mean, though, that the people that I'm rolling with don't have bad blood with other people. See? Either so. way, you have to keep your head on a swivel. Kind of. Yeah, kind of have to smart with, with, with your things. But yeah, I love being there. I love... 
no, well, I used to not go and do things as much, kind of just sticking with the family. Right. But the last, the last trip, actually, the last two trips, because we went in May and then I ended up going back down there in July, the start of July. But the thing that I used to do, got town, got link, one of my brethren them, a brother, to be honest, somebody in my role with from seventh grade. Okay. And go back to Mandeville, go link up some of them other peoples and just kind of chill and kick it for a little bit. And it, it, there was so much nostalgia with just being around. Yeah, the energy. The energy and the, the, the people. And like that is what is missing here to me. Yeah, because again, it's a lack of connection here because we don't really have the roots here like that. So, yeah, it's, it, it's funny. Like, I follow a lot of Jamaican stuff online, like Instagram or whatever. Right. I, I work from home now, so it's not that big of a deal. But when I used to be in, in the office, it was the most annoying thing for me to be on social media scrolling and I find something funny and I look around and I can't share it with anybody. Right. It's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Culturally, they just wouldn't understand, so... They just wouldn't understand. First of all, they were ask, what did they say? What was that? So then I, you, I didn't get that. Yeah, you have to break, break down your joke and you just kind of take it away. Yeah. So, once again, love the home. <laughs> I, I would move back home right now in a heartbeat. Definitely. I understand that. I definitely visit. I don't want to move back right now because <laughs> the reason I would move back is if I can keep the job I have now, I move back then, yes, but... If I have to go back and get yeah. a job there, I don't know if the opportunities is there like that. So, and you know the funny thing yeah. about that thing—that's how I used to think. Say a year ago, I used to think that way. But what? a year before the four years that I've been working for this company, I could have moved back and still keep, kept my job See? and not have an issue. See? However, you could be flossing right now with the. The range and the Porsche and all them things, they're not mobile, you know? They would have think you're a scammer, you're a scammer. Yeah. Yeah, that may not draw so much attention <laughs> to myself. But, but no, me moving back, I wouldn't care about looking for a job there. Create my own thing. We've been exposed to enough things here that would allow us to seamlessly blend back in doing our own thing. Like think about all your experiences here and how it relates to improving something back home or even just making money off of your knowledge back home. You don't need a job. True. Uh, the experience and thing we know if you do and can do. Yeah, exactly. you're right about that. So like moving home to me, it's... it's Naturally, well, for me, if I were to move home, like literally drop everything, sell everything, may I go back home with a, a, a piece of money. So naturally, we're not have to rely upon anybody to do anything for the first couple of months. True. But then within that time, time frame, it's more or less scheming, connecting, because, yo. Yeah, you have, to, you have to make them links quick. Yeah, when, when you look back, like if hypothetical, because we don't have a physical one, but you know, look through the mental Rolodex. And see where your friends and people and acquaintances are placed. Yeah. Jamaica right now. We're better off than people who live there. Listen, talk about it. The struggle is real, but nobody now acknowledge it. Exactly. So, yeah. But to be honest with you, right? if I go back to Jamaica right now, I hate the government straight. 
I can consult. I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to be an employee. I can give you my knowledge for a fee. Simple. Simple. The problem with that too, you know, is, you know, say Jamaica, you know, get pay on time every time. So all that too. Well, we just want to <laughs> get pay. <laughs> and that's the next thing. But, yeah, me just want to get paid. That is my thing. And then the other side of it too is, boom, hit up UEU Tech NCU. We can lecture up on the side. So you have it planned out, man. So when you're moving back, you have it planned out when you hmm? move back. Oh yeah, plan plan well, plan out well. No, my it depends on how things flow for the next couple of years. But by the time Corey is supposed to hit high school mm-hmm. age, I would love for her to go to high school back home. Okay, I was talking to a friend of mine about that the other day. The advancement in technology that we have here is something that no matter what you do back home, it's it's not the same. So no, would it benefit Corey to be here versus going back home? I don't think because I don't think so. Availability to knowledge is wider here than it is there, so. So I don't I don't necessarily think that is true. The foundational so, base that you get in the Caribbean is stronger, yes. However, oh yeah. so, the the application of it on a wider scale, we don't really have it as much because we don't have the the resources like that. True. However, I think it is just a matter of suggestion. What do you mean? And what I mean by that is, yes, we don't have... So the, the flip side of that same coin as it relates to technological advancements here versus there is what of those technological advancements are we using in the U.S. today? Right. So if the advancements just exist, but the schools that you're going to send your child to are not using it, you're done, they're not at a disadvantage. Number two what opportunities exist here that don't exist there. Once you find out what that gap is, you can ask yourself, why don't they exist there? And what can you as a parent do to help put that in place? Right. So an example of that for me, very, very simple. Example of that for me is sports. Okay. Oh, you send, send, your, send your, your daughter, your child to, to a school in Jamaica and they don't do a particular sport. Why they don't know the sport? Oh, we don't have the resources. How much does it take to get a ball, a net? Whatever you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but also the thing you have to look for, you know, if if you're sending them back for sports, I would have say yes. that, that is a wild example. That's a good example. That that, that. If you're sending them back for sports, say your daughter become good in track. It would behoove you to send her back mm-hmm. here to get the better foundational basis that you know we have than to keep our here in programs we might not really be as well so again in that respect True. i understand you have to compare the reason you're sending our back and why mm-hmm. important to yeah and for, for us is is the educational foundation school harder jamaica for no absolutely no flipping reason right. but it's still a good base it's still a good foundation because a lot of who we are today came from the rigor that we went through in high school. Right. So, but yeah. Someday. Me making one I move out though. <laughs> by, 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 them, by them times that we'll make six figures off of the podcast. Uh, keep it moving, you know? Yeah, just um, we have studios and things just come Jamaica and record and all these things. Yeah, streams of income 
a lot of those things happening. You know, we, 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 we're not going to rely on the man when we, when we make certain moves. Fox. Big Fox. But speaking yeah. of the man now, let's talk about some, some hot topics. I want to talk about um, travel ban. What are your views on travel ban in when it comes to, I guess, friendships and relationships? You know, them say you can't really travel with any and everybody. So, like, what are your feelings on these travel bans? I think it depends, to be honest. Like, all right, give me an example of a travel ban that is okay for you. Okay. So, let me see now. Say you go on a trip and arguments start. Yeah, it's normal that, you know, you mm. have issue will come up on trip. But if you go on two, three trip, uh, every trip is argument. At some point, I feel you should implement a travel ban because clearly you and that person can't travel together well. You might be cool locally, you know, but when it comes to the travel aspect of it, you know, you have anxiety and all these things were playing into it because you are travel. So you're doing something, you're rushing to try to get somewhere and not everybody can cope with that, apparently. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I, haven't, I haven't experienced any of those situations where, because to be honest with you, if one of me, wife and baby girl, I travel uh, me and mommy them, which is not very often. So we don't really have nobody for travel ban because we can't travel ban my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but before your wife, you never have no issue with no little girlfriend where mm-hmm. right? boy try to take her go down to Kingston and think she start ack up, ack up and say, you know, I'm not taking away again. Mm-mm. Not like that. Mm, that's good, man. Lucky for me, not Same like so. that. But I, I, I get that these things do exist. But I think to, well, you know, Without experiencing it myself, I can't really make a statement on it. But I think some of those anxieties manifest themselves for other reasons, though. Like, what do I think? I'm just thinking about a scenario. If me and my significant other on a trip going wherever, and for whatever reason she decides that she's too bougie or too ghetto, whichever one, yeah, and which side... It's always which side I never fall upon, so... You understand, and you have you start having issues, and if it's a constant, to me that person that is on the trip is a true self. Okay, so once you see that that true self of the person, now what do you yeah. go forward? If it is something I can live with, once again I will live with it. But if if I want to go on a vacation and enjoy myself, relax, cause my work hard. Right. And every single time we go is a war. So now I'm walking on eggshells. I have to put up my guard. I'm not going to with you. And if I'm not going to with you, we can't be together. Okay. But like I said, if locally everything is fine, it's just upon the travel aspect, you know, you know, really work out to your best. Some, something else is at play. Somebody have to go figure out what else is at play okay. when we travel. Okay, okay. Because that that to me a little bit fishy. If because that that kind of sound like you want us to fight so you can go about your business. Talk about it when we, when we're traveling, Talk which means it. we're traveling to a place that is either common place for you or common interest, daddy, somewhere else outside of me. Okay, so gotta be careful in the streets, but, you know. 
once again, these are hypotheticals. I have no research. I have no experience in these matters. So I'm just a talk. So people don't come at me. Well, sometimes you just have to implement travel ban for your sanity and peace of mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Wow. And I am all about that for me mentality where if me can have peace with you, mm. I will have it without you. Simple as that. All right. So switching topics now, we are doing a new segment. We are called Fuck Boy and Fuck Girl Story. So, I want to know, I have a story to tell still. I want to know if you have one. To be honest with you, I probably don't have necessarily a Fuck Boy story. I have, I have enough s- scenarios of just being a dumbass <laughs> when it comes to being in a relationship and not seeing the signs of a fuck girl. But, yeah, throw your story first, though. Because I have a feeling that your story will bite better than my story. Well, I don't know if it will bite better, you know. We just talk what we see. Because, you know, life is all about mm-hmm. what you observe and things. So, notice how you oh, yeah. one time, you know, college days and thing, having like a girlfriend and thing, girl from out of town, stay at house with the thing and they they are clean up and I think one time she kind of drop asleep or something. Like, drop asleep probably around, say, like, 8, 9 o'clock. So about, like, 11, 12, when I next man bring some girl in. This man leaving girl in her room, going in bridging room, I start trying to deal with that thing. Only upon him, woman, wake up and I look for him in the house. Um, I just actually understand why you would take a chance like that if your woman come from out of town and in a house with you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I not even like say you couldn't just link the thing and get the number and then come back the next time. And like the man really a try girl in a next room, the man really try put in your work on the thing. And I say, yo, the money are different. I think that can be unpacked in many ways. So, so let's unpack it a little bit. She. The, the facts, uh, to me, so men, we are all men. So we, we kind of have some of these little things in our mind already. So this now going to sound foreign to you. Him feel safe with him girl who come from out of town. Because in a fucking mind, she not going to leave him. Hmm. But at the same time, in a college, I live with a bag of dudes. We are going to do men things. Hmm. So in a, his mind, it is not even a matter of Oh, she in the other room. I got try do a thing. Is yo, I be a man. I got do what I want to do. Yeah, boy. Uh, my the thing is, you right now. All right, so we are look we are looking it in a hindsight right now, clearly. But you right now have a daughter. Mm-hmm. How you that feel if that happened to your daughter? Mm-hmm. Well, f- first and foremost, I no, was no, not no. That We're guy. not saying you so, was that guy or I was that yeah. guy or anybody on the podcast was that guy. But we just say yeah. hypothetically, if but, like you know them say the things you do to woman usually come back around to your daughter. You understand yeah, that's the true. things that's you know true. them kind of thing yeah. is like me I try to figure out a walk up because we see some people I live right now, boss. Mm-hmm. Get your cutlass shot. But yeah, it, I don't think people think about the, the generations though, like 
in general, like me, the, the average person is not going to walk down the street and slap somebody in the face and say, shit, I shouldn't do that because my stomach will get lit down. Right. So I think people act in the moment and people are impulsive. And maybe in a situation like that, the, the catty what did in the other room or something, somebody did the eyes from a long time and him just I get the opportunity. And yeah, but to get the opportunity and your girl in the next room asleep, boss, you know, have yeah, some kind of judgment call for the thing or you just say, boy, next time, like nothing. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, I know it, everybody different and some people see those opportunities and, and, and load them up. Other people see those up the same opportunities and jump for joy because they know one way or the other, they might go good anyway. Yeah, understand. That, so, no, man, people, people are more different, man. Yeah, people, pe- people wild though. Like, just friggin', yo, you talk about that now, and I'm like, I was sitting, and talking. Oh, me go, oh, me go Jamaica the other day mm. in a July. Mm. And it, well, I went for a funeral. A close friend of mine, bridging brother from sixth grade, drop out. Mm, sorry. And, yeah, man. And uh, well, which is weird because he died in October last year. Whoa. And the family just went, they just ghost everybody. They just went, they went dark. Mm. And then all of a sudden, boom, here's a funeral I keep in a July. So my run go down and yeah, we, we go, we say we goodbyes, and then after that, we say we go, go to home, go chill. Me and my other brother say we go, go to home, go chill with another brother. And we went to this place, um, it's a new little chill spot called Jangas. We have an actual funny story for telling about that one. Um, place named Jangas, and my brother was live at home, and basically, right about now, if you ask me, that brother man know everybody. And we were there at our table, a drink, a talk, and this girl he knew came to the table. And I was like, just, just you know, we just a chill. We have friendly conversation, nothing malicious, nothing like that. And I said to her, like, on a serious level, what do men say to women these days to, to like, you know, Drag get them in into a conversation, like, it, it just like what I'm seeing mm. don't make no sense to me. What do you mean? These like just the way men behave. The way men are behaving now, I just don't understand. What could you possibly say to make that girl actually think that she can she should be talking to you? And this girl said that she met a guy once. And his approach was this. Hi, I like you. I know I, I know we're just meeting for the first time. I know you have your flaws, but I'm willing to accept all of them. <laughs> it's like, Did that dude. work? No. <laughs> Why the hell would that work? I don't want to match out there. See on Instagram, man. You have give man a chance. It's like, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to say to myself, like, I'm a glad me not in the dating circle, huh? Boss, the stories when me hear about online dating and them thing that we are going now. I'm glad me not them thing there. No. I would not survive, number one. Two, I would have give up when I just say, yo, bond this and just probably turn up a, a monk or something. Fox. 
has won the pool dirty. Everybody pissing at it. Dirty. It's like, it, it, no, man, it's rough. But the, the story about Jungas kind of kind of playing into the same conversation that we're on right now. My, my brethren said to me, say, oh, him like the Jungas because him likes the eye candy. Mm. So we in the place and we just a whole of our DJ play him, him tunes and decent meds. And I lean over the table and I said to my brethren, say, I understand something you say, eye candy, we come here for. Yeah. And I say, yeah, you understand eye candy? I say, I step back from the table and say, well, as far as I can see, all I'm seeing is licorice. Blood clit. <laughs> and like, me, it, it perspective though, it is perspective. Everybody perspective. different. Everybody different. Everybody like different things. And I say, it, it was not no uptown kind of deal. Right. Where of the, 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 the Jamaican whites and these also bougie people, man. So it's a regular little chill spot in a town. I'm like, brother, if I don't know call eye candy, I'm good. I'm glad I'm mm-hmm. good. I'm glad I'm out of this zone. Yeah, right now. No, no good outside again, you know. Everything out this while. Uh-uh. You have one or a few things now. But it, man. Like right now, for all of the female friends of mine uh, hearing the, the horrors uh, with them I deal with uh, how the man they might approach them and thing, I feel sorry for them, boss, because people are, in our yeah. first day conversation I talk about where we forgot bed, where I try to do sexually and all these things, but we kick we quick for talk about that. But when it comes talking about wealth building and you know what I'm saying, putting money aside for do this and that when I wanna talk about it. Mm-hmm. Bro, Yo, what are your plans for the future? That word, fuck. Like, make it make sense. Then, it don't make no sense. It's like, I understand when you're younger, you kind of not have the, 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 the presence of mind to be thinking about your future, thinking about leaving something for your loved ones and all of that. But, yo, you can be 30, 35 and still a look front. Well, you can, you know. But you just have to look about it and look <laughs> different, you know. I'm not going to say you can't do it, you know. Yeah, but just I say, at that stage, you're supposed to, you know what I'm saying, leveling up besides just that. You're oh, supposed yeah. to say, I try to do some business thing and, you know what I'm saying, try to make something out of yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't just uh, look front and just so. Just buckets, man. But, yeah, once again, Wild Wild West. Nah, glad I'm not playing in that pool. Definitely, definitely. Well, let's jump into the big topic you bring up today. So you want to talk about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah, let's talk about it. So why you bring oh, yeah. this topic up? Like even like reflecting back to the first thing we talk about, like buying a house, all that. Like there there are moments I I will not necessarily be asleep, but you're focusing on something and you just snap back to reality and you look you look at where you are and you're like, is is this really me? Like what when when did all of this happen? And one of the places where I find imposter syndrome the most is at work. Mm. 
and just certain levels of responsibility that I've been given at work and things that I'm trusted to do. I'm like, y'all know that you're giving all this shit to a child. <laughs> but then the question is, all right, go and continue before we start asking question. Yeah. And it's not, so the, the biggest part of imposter syndrome for me, especially like that whole child aspect, if now that I'm saying it, I will give you the right answer. But if I'm walking down the street and just bought me a fancy, yo, how old are you? I'm tell you 21. Like, knee-jerk reaction is always 21, and I don't know why. I, okay. And to me, I think that plays into the imposter syndrome because I think I'm still young. I still think like I'm the youngest person in the room. Mm. So when you look at me and you say, okay, we get this, and this is an example of one of the things that I do at work. Right. Is we have we have a new client them send over a survey for security. So we need to fill out this basically to validate that we are up to par with what we need to be for us to work with this client. And like shit, what y'all give me that for? <laughs> like, like no, the other side of it too is oh, we need to build this proposal, put these numbers together to give to this client, because this is actually what we're going to charge for the project. I'm like, sure. Right. Okay. It's like to me, those things just, they're not hard things to do. They're not overwhelmed. It's not like I'm climbing a mountain, but there's a certain level of trust that comes with those things that in my mind, a 21 year old should not be trusted to do. But at the same time, I am not 21. Right. So it's like, I see myself as this kid. So whenever I get these big things to do or being being told that I'm I'm worth X amount of money if I were to move to another company, I'm like, are you people sure you know what you're talking about? Because sure. I don't think you're sure what you're talking about. <laughs> but like, yeah, that's 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 the that's the pinnacle of imposter syndrome for me. I know it will get worse as I get older because I've talked to like the CEO of the company that I work for and she suffered or suffers from imposter syndrome at times. Right. And she has put in the work to get to where she is. So if if she can suffer from that, why the hell, what's going to stop me? Interesting. From thinking in the same way. True, true. That's very interesting still. Um, but yeah, how about you though, in terms of, do you find yourself hitting that imposter syndrome wall and like how how do you get over those kind of things? Well, for me I do hit it. I'm facing it constantly. I guess more so from the immigrant experience too, it's like moving mm-hmm. from Jamaica to America, you disconnected from what you know. Then you have to relearn something new and then you don't really feel fully vested or connected to the stuff you learn here. So then it's like when you move back or you go mm-hmm. back and visit, it's like you're out of place there and you hear you're out of place too. So it's like you in between. Right. So it's like that in between stage kind of led to it because then it's like that feeling you said where it's like you feel 20 something, but you're not happens. To where it's like, I'll be sitting at work. I'm just like, yo, why am I here? And then I like snap back in. I'm like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be doing this, 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 and mm-hmm. this. And then I like just get back to doing what I'm supposed to do. 
where we have a moment where it's like, yo, how am I doing this? Like, how is any of this possible right now? And oh, it's yeah. just like, yo, they really like trust me to do this and deliver. But then it's crazy because yep. then I do. And then it's just like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you never think about imposter syndrome when you're delivering the results. No, only in it's always before. in the process. Before in the yeah. process or after, never like at the the result stage of it. But the funny thing is, like nope. last night I was going through the notes on my phone to like get some stuff. I was having this creative idea moment at like freaking three o'clock in the morning, so I couldn't sleep. So I started writing stuff down, and then I started reviewing some old notes. I saw some notes from 2017, and. When I hear what people say about me at work in terms of like, I'm so organized and detail oriented and all this type of stuff, I don't see it because I'm just doing what feels and looks normal. They're seeing it, but I'm not seeing it. Last night, I'm looking through my notes and I saw some breakdown of how I was tackling my debt and finances. And I was like, wait a minute. I broke this shit down by accounts, by percentages of how much supposed to come out of this, that, and the third. And I was impressed by me. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so it's like, I, I now realize I have to start looking back at my work and realizing like, no, I did that shit. Like, I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. because otherwise oh, yeah. you get lost and forget that you actually are capable of doing the shit you're doing. So that's kind of how I've been trying to tackle it lately. What has been your kind of go-to method of trying to deal with it? Um, Really just taking a step back whenever I start feeling. In in many ways, it's the same thing that you just said. It's, It's taking a step back and just looking at everything, just taking a very holistic approach to reviewing what you're struggling with. Like one of the things that the CEO of the company, well, she's the chairman of the board now, she's no longer the CEO, but it's she and her husband started the company. She said to me, we were having this conversation about imposter syndrome probably two, three years ago. It was before the pandemic. And I was telling her that, yeah, sometimes I'm in these situations where I just feel like I'm not necessarily the right person to be doing these things. And you feel like you're winging stuff. And her response to me was like, yeah, nobody wings anything. Like everything that you're doing, you feel like you're winging it, but it's all based on experience. Mm -hmm. Something that you've gone through, whether it's your experience or somebody else's experience. So you're not truly winging anything. And so like in moments where I do feel like, oh crap, this is, this is overwhelming or am I really the person tasked to do this? I, I take a step back and like, dude, you've been doing this for three years. This is not new. <laughs> so yes, they do trust you to do this because you've shown that you can do it. But isn't it funny that the imposter syndrome usually comes at that initial state of you being asked to do something oh, yeah. that your mind resorts to, I can't, and all the reasons why you can't instead of oh. coming up with the reasons you can And it's like, we have to try to chemically change our mind and the way we think 
to freaking stop that shit. But again, nobody taught us this shit. Yeah, do which which is also interesting because this is something that came to mind when I was moving. Um, one of the so the moving company that we hired, there it's a bunch of young people, which is always the case. Shout out to all those youth actually doing shit with their lives and not just wondering it. But one of the guys that was moving, young black kid, and he he in the move, he was we were just talking and he's like he just stopped what he was doing and he had on a cap. He's like, hey, what do you think about this cap? This does this look good? What are your thoughts? And I liked it. Just it was basically a teddy bear with something over his mouth and the, the brand is Sayless or something like that. Okay. So I thought it was creative and cool. And then like, I was talking to Damar afterwards. I'm like, we grew up in a space where we have so much fear to do anything. But why is that? Because the way we were brought up was rules, strict. And if you don't do this, there's consequences. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a lot of it comes from that. And also a lot of it comes from what we were seeing, kind of back to that whole not winging it thing is experience. Right. Because this same, the same dude is, is a musician. He writes and sings, and he sounds pretty decent. But at the same time, for him to be like, hey, here's this brand that I'm doing. Hey, here's my Instagram page. I'm an artist. I do this. We don't have that in us naturally. Right. We, we're doing something and yeah, I can do it, but no one needs to know that it's me. That's kind of the approach that we take a lot of the time. But I wonder if some of that rigor, some of that rules, you need to do A, B, C, and D, or like even the simplest thing, because I remember hearing this as a kid growing up is you can't make a living being an artist. Yep. It's funny. I was talking to my artist friend two days ago, talking about this very topic. Good. Yeah. And so I think that us hearing some of these things and somehow they play into the imposter syndrome when we get older, because all of a sudden you're doing something, but your mind is telling you that you can't. It had to be programmed somewhere. Think about it like this. On the weekends, do you feel obligated to have to clean your house on the weekends because that's what they did back home? I don't think it's an obligation because of the, the rituals. I think it's because that's the only time I have. But you could do peace, peace in the week if you needed to. But you technically True. tend to leave it for yes. the weekend because that's weekend, what you've been yes. taught. That, that's the programming, so, yeah. Because we, we are taught that we have more time on the weekends because you don't go to work. Exactly. If you go to work, there's only a couple but, of hours. But this is the thing. So, going to work and all this is 24 hours in a day but they make it seem like yep. we're at work for the it's entire time. Hours. It's like, we have a yeah, lot of the time. Day, the day is eight hours. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That it, Yeah, all of it is tied together. And it, as to, you, to, to what you said, it's just a matter of unpacking and rewiring our brains to, to get over these, these humps that we call imposter syndrome or whatever else we want to brand or label it as. Cause all of it, it's just, it's just noise really. Pretty much. 
but it doesn't stop you from doing the work that you need to do that you're feeling that way about. You still end up doing what you need to do. It just sometimes might delay it a little bit, add a little yeah. procrastination to it, but the work still gets done. You still, and okay. So after you do the work, how do you feel? Because for me, sometimes I'm like, bro, I don't know how I just did that. And I don't know how you telling me that that's a good job, but okay, I'm going to go with it since you said it. Yeah, I, I, well, number one, I'm not a celebratory person. Am I? Like, like nothing. Like, and it, it's bad. Okay, I might not be as bad and, as you, but. <laughs> let me tell you how bad it is. When, when we found out that we were pregnant. Right. Damar took, we, we had like a couple packs of home tests and she took about seven. Wow. And they were all saying the same thing pretty much. And we were like, okay, we're pregnant. Cool. Good night. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Wilding. Like, like no, went to the doctor obviously to get the tr- proper confirmation. Right. Zero celebration. Nothing. Wow. Like, yeah, we are kind of weird. It's like she tells me all the time that I get excited over nothing. Like, I literally, nothing excites me. Wow. That is, why is that? Do you think it's because of how you were brought up where you had to not show emotion? No, I think, it, which is kind of weird because I think we grew up in a space where there was room to show emotion. But I think the older I got, I realized that the excitement is for nothing or it could just be me viewing the way people celebrate and get excited over things and just not quite understanding it, which could also be a result of low EQ. Interesting. Cause I, I do think I suffer from a low EQ. Um, I don't, I'm not necessarily the most emotional person and I, I choose where to, to invest my empathy. That's what I tell people. Like, I'm not heartless. I just choose not to be sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's heartless. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, so I think all of those things in a way play together. So I'm not I'm not completely empathetic to certain scenarios. So when you think about the emotional release that comes with empathy, I think it's equivalent to the emotional release that comes with excitement. Okay. So I'm, I'm neither, there's one thing for sure that excites me and that's cars. So you just need to figure out how to turn that excitement from that into the other avenues of your life. You need it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm adequately excited for my family and for us doing things and accomplishing things. Right. I'm not the one to scream and rave at anything to be honest. And funny enough, I love cars, but even with cars, I'm not going to be the guy that runs up to a car. And See, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a object here and I'm going to say that's the Jamaican culture in a sense because we don't really fan over celebrity or anything like that. It's like, yo, act like you have sense. Yeah. What's funny is I was actually in a city and I was talking about this recently. In primary school, we were always in... Um, the drama club, speech club, all those things. We had that in primary school? Oh, yeah. Uh, so what? I went to Spalding Primary. Oh, I was like, you switched school? Like, which primary school are you talking about, bro? Yeah. yeah. So I, remember <laughs> I, was, I was only at, prep, at, at, at Wilson's College Prep for first and second grade. 
Okay. And then we left and we went to Spawn's primary. Kid, hit the speech club, drama club, whatever. So us kids running around, going to places like Melogaround, like we would be, so the 60th celebration, typically we would be at that, performing something. And I remember we were at something in Kingston, bunch of sixth graders running around, and we saw um, string beans from Royal Palm Estate. Remember that show? Yeah. And a bunch of kids ran up to this dude, string beans, string beans, yada, 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 me included. And that man put us all in our, which is probably wrong. See, so you just had a traumatic experience. That's why. See, we just got to the root of it. Wifey, we figured it out. He can come back to you whole. It's okay. (laughs) And he put us in our place in that moment. And from that day, I've seen other relatively famous people be like, dude, you're on your side of the wall. I'm on my side of the wall. I don't give a shit what you're doing or who you are. That's just the approach. That's the, the... that's that's how I behave when it comes to seeing people in the spotlight. Yeah. It's like, I don't see so you, you had a traumatic experience as a child. And this is the crazy thing. Like, those are the stuff that shape us into who we are. The stuff that happened when we we're that, kids, but nobody realizes you had to pay attention to protect that shit. It's like. Yeah. Since, since that moment, nothing excites me. That's crazy, bro. Sorry to happen. String bean eh, I'm piece not. of shit. Guess what? I'm not sorry to happen. Because I can I can You might walk. not be, but your wife might True. be. Your kid might be. Like mm-hmm. the effects of that might not be something that you necessarily feel or lack thereof. Like your daughter might need you to be excited of something and you don't got no emotion and then it's like, well, it's not that important. So you gonna have to fake it till you make it or something, buddy. Oh yeah, that's a valid point. Or I can just get her into stuff that excites me. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. <laughs> that way, it's not faking it, but I can still feel adequately joyous about what she's doing. Yeah, definitely. But I'm I'm learning. I think I'm learning to be a little bit more empathetic with things. That's good. That's good. That's always needed, man. But speaking of empathetic, how are you feeling towards Jamaica's 60th anniversary of independence? Uncolly. Not, not except, well, clearly the lack of excitement comes from a deeper place, but it just doesn't seem like a time to celebrate. I understand the significance of the celebration, but with some of the events that have happened in the past weeks, months, probably even a year leading up to this point, I think it's just very interesting that as a nation, we stop to celebrate 60 years, but we are not acting like sixty year a 60-year-old country or like we've been independent for 60 years, we are still very much in the infancy well, of independence. That's because we got independence and then had to take out a whole bunch of loans and debts and 
stuff and keep selling the country off can't ever you know grow and develop if you don't own anything true although i do argue that we were never we never gained independence we were given independence given gain don't matter because if you're in debt you're not really free so it don't matter so we technically still not independent china own us the u.s own us imf own us like yep it's just a bunch of yeah bs so yeah those those little things are kind of the stuff that are on my mind in terms of us turning 60 and we're turning a new page but we're still on the old page right or it's a new page but the same notes definitely so it's like where where do we go from here, 10 years is going to blow by very quickly and we're going to be 70. Hmm. And uh, doing the same thing again in 10 years time. Yeah, same, same dance. It's like, Hey, we're, we're great over here. We just repainted a couple walls, repaved a couple streets and yeah, we're golden. But at the same time, we're, we're losing our economy. We're losing our culture. We're losing everything. We're losing the island. You saw that. The bauxite uh, site dump off stuff into the river, killing off the fishes, and like people live off yep. this river waters. Like it's pathetic to see mm-hmm. that these politicians just sell out the country for a quick book and people livelihoods mm-hmm. now, you know, at stake for this. It's it's sad that at sixty we still can't figure that out yet. Nope. Which. In, in many ways, not blaming the victim because we are the victims of these atrocities. But I think the same thing that happens in many other countries, including the U.S., is we, we are drawn in by familiarity. Right. So you'll hear somebody say, you're a labor writer, a comrade. But what does that truly mean to you as an individual? What, what issues... Are you looking for politics or your your representatives to solve for you? And you spend the time to campaign, to vote, to do all of these things. How are you holding these people accountable? That's the thing. They're not. They're just expecting things to change without any kind of work being put into it. It's crazy. Exactly. Like If you want change, you have to effect change yourself. Yes, that is probably going to be very ugly in many instances. But sometimes you have to do it. Yeah, you're definitely right with that. Like for me, Jamaica turning 60 now, it's like, I don't even really know what that means. It's like you see it, you kind of understand what it means, but you don't really know what it means. It's like, it's just a pointless anniversary at this point. It's like Valentine's Day. Exactly. Yeah. It's like two grown folks, they've been married for 60 years. They don't talk to each other, but their kids want to celebrate this monumentous time. So they bring everybody together. And to the wedding across. anniversary. And that they, don't yeah, they, sit across, they sit across the table from each other and just smile because there are people there. That's what it feels like. Yeah, definitely. But speaking of change, you know, we have a wrap up soon, but. This month is now two months since male reason has kind of started. So I just want to take a second to, sorry, two months, two years. Two months. Uh, Why does COVID feel like two months? Feel like it was just yesterday. 
Yeah, it does. Well, yeah, it started in 2020 when COVID was in full effect. So gone a long way, but mm-hmm. still a long way to go. How how has since so you've been a part of this from the dawn? So you you basically created this thing and kind of raised it up to where it is today. So this is in many ways a child. In in some respect, I guess you could say that uh, lately mm-hmm. neglected child because I had to travel for work. Yeah. But you know, I'm home, honey. I'm yeah. home. Yeah, but how how has how two things? How have you seen the the podcast itself grow and evolve over those two years? And as a direct result of the podcast, how have you grown? Man, hitting deep questions at the end of the podcast shit um growth and development i'd say at the start i was in a very creative space so it was easy to kind of start it because i had the ideas i just needed to kind of implement it um i didn't realize Mm -hmm. how much it would take in terms of hours in terms of just like physical hours of like putting it together in terms of topics content figuring out platforms and posts is hell and nobody tells you about the editing process so yeah i would say like i came in not really knowing and was able to just kind of develop and grow as i continued so it's like just over time i guess you'd say i became better at it, which is like natural with practice repetition, you do become better with things. So I'd say over time, I am a little bit better at it now. Still have a mm-hmm. lot of work I need to do in terms of working on talking more and, you know, sharing more and being better in control. But in this next year, that's the goal. So we're going to try to grow it to a different level for the next chapter and go from there you cool well happy to be on the journey and looking forward to big things glad to have you here you know sometimes things work and then sometimes they don't and you just have to always be ready to pivot and change and you can't let you know setbacks or anything stop what you want to do if you have a vision for something you just gotta keep pushing and this podcast space is something I am interested in doing. So it's like, let's do it. Cool. Cool. Same here. And it's still early days. So we just got to get our stuff together and just get to that next level. So let me ask you since kind of jumping on about a year ago, how, how has it been for you and how have you seen yourself change since being a part of the podcast? Um, it's been an interesting journey just coming, just having to put yourself in a different space because it's, it's funny when you're around people that you're cool with or comfortable with, it's easy to just talk about things for hours and hours and hours on end. Right. However, it's not quite the same when you're in a podcast scenario. 
I don't need you to give away the secret sauce. You're talking a little too much right now. <laughs> but it, lear- learning how to to break some of that up and put it in a format, which we're still learning, um, format things in a way that attracts the listener and just keeps people coming back. So learning all those things, it's it's been an interesting journey so far and looking forward to to really just expounding on just exploding here as we grow. But for me, it's more of the introspective side of kind of thinking about the different perspectives when you're talking and not just because it's easy to just have your own opinions and just run with it, just kind of scream from the top of the mountain. This is what I think and just move on. But when we talk, many putting times, that out there, it's, it's a little yeah. different. Yeah. When, when you, when you have to say it in, in a format like this and Naturally, your your aim is not to offend anybody, but at the same time, you don't really care if you offend anybody. You still have to be conscious of the listener, conscious of the things that you're saying, because, you know, dudes talk and things kind of sound off sometimes. Yeah, so you got to be cognizant you have of to that. Be very, yeah, so it's it's learning when to pull back and when to, to, to let go of certain things. So that whole dynamic of just being listening for one, knowing your audience and knowing when to speak. So you kind of have to reinforce those things every single time you jump on to record. And once again, it's, 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 it's all positive though, because that I think helps you in life. Cause now when you're talking to somebody else, you're not just rambling on for two hours, right? You have to stop and give them a chance to speak as well. You have to really listen to what they're saying and ensuring that what you're saying is not, one overshadowing, beating down, or offending the person. So, and actually making sure it's on point and on topic. So it's like, yeah, this. I think this space is helping me in one aspect of having better conversations outside of here. Because you really okay. pay more attention, you listen more, and it definitely helps. So, everything in this life is a learning experience, and this is just another one. Oh, yeah. Stepping stones to a greater thing. But I think your line right there was it. I don't want to say nothing else. We want to end it right there. Keep yeah. it moving. So thanks cool, for listening, cool. guys, and we catch you next one. Everyone talks about Peace. stereotypes, but no one admits to the stereotypes. So fuck it. I put my hands up. Look, I'm some bullshit. I be the stereotype. Had a wife that was good for me, that I never should have let go. I be the stereotype. That nigga with a nice car, which I've been to his mum's house. I be the stereotype. I got an ex named Tanisha and Felicia. Bullshit. I be the stereotypes. My credit so shit, I can only get cash cards, nigga. I be the stereotype that pay taxes, but too embarrassed to sign on, yeah. I be the stereotype that spend my last peas on clothes. Look, good but broke, yeah. I be the stereotype. Probably in the girl's friend zone right now, just. Waiting to fuck that stereotype I tell my young G stay out of trouble But then catch a case that stereotype And I pray my daughter's never a hoe But yeah, love Jay-Z's the stereotype And I feel embarrassed when I'm around Muslims That I want Dean, that stereotype And the worst one is Never see a man get stabbed on the ends on that war and shit And the feds ask me to help out and bring justice me I say I never saw that shit But if my house got burgled Or a white man shot my nan in public And the feds never helped me out I'd be the first one screaming Where's the justice? I am that Typical nigga, yeah, I am Trying to put a good stereotype Yeah, I am that nigga, with a bop in his step, yeah, I am Kere, kere, I know who I am That stereotype That stereotype Yeah, that's it